0: Welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto, bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. This is Blockchain Wayne. Today's episode is brought to us by Coincierge Club Mobile Private Key Wallet and Point of sale Solution, helping to make purchasing easy, safe, and the overall process more efficient while costing less, helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. All right, let's take a look at what's going on in the market today and what did we see this weekend with some more fireworks. All right, so Bitcoin currently up at to- the Up over eight percent for the week. And most of the market is in green after a solid jump up this weekend. Now, typically, weekends are very volatile because there's a lot lower volumes. Uh, Many institutional investors take the weekends off. So, typically, we've seen in the past, in the recent past, a lot of dips over the weekend. But this is a good sign here. Now, when the market opens back up in Asia, which it looks like it's opened already, we'll see how the market responds. So far, it's been fairly flat since opening the Asian markets on the Monday morning. So Bitcoin dominance still sitting at 52.8%, which is solid for Bitcoin. And the total crypto market cap is up to 237 billion. That's up over $10 billion for the weekend. All right, jumping off on the news, let's see what's going on. So Tom Lee and Max Kaiser both still calling for 20,000 plus Bitcoin by, 20, by the end of 2018. They say it's still in play. So, those are both prominent investors in the cryptocurrency sector. They continuously call for that price, say current price action still indicates that we could get there. So, Fundstrat's Tom Lee and RT host Max Kaiser reaffirmed their optimistic stance on the short to midterm trend of Bitcoin as a dominant cryptocurrency broke out of a major resistant level at 7,000 on September 1st. Max Kaiser actually says 28,000 Bitcoin is still in play. So, We'll have to see what happens there, but that's just a quick update on that. All right. Now, next up, who is Satoshi Nakamoto, and with the real Satoshi please stand up? So for close to 10 years now, many people have been on the hunt for the elusive Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of the decentralized technology called Bitcoin. Now, what's unique about this, as opposed to, say, the CEO of a company, the CEO of a company can heavily dictate the performance of that company. Satoshi Nakamoto, the fact that he is still anonymous and many people don't know his true identity is a testament to cryptocurrency space as it doesn't matter who he is, the protocols, the code, everything in Bitcoin's core code makes sense, which is why it doesn't matter who created it, because it creates trust without the need for a head figure. But basically, people have been trying to find out who he is. So this year, the race to find anonymous character or what many say could be a group of individuals who designed the peer-to-peer electronic cash system has been hotter than ever and more clues left behind. Satoshi Nakamoto is anonymous creator of Bitcoin and the entire cryptocurrency economy today is based on Nakamoto's words and original code. It's an unknown person who wrote the original white paper, launched the network, made the first transaction, communicated with software developers between 2008 and 2010, and he could possibly possess over 1 million bitcoins. So, if you look at the article we posted on our Facebook page, From No Crypto to No Crypto, we shared an article about this and they give you some different scenarios of who they think Satoshi Nakamoto could be based on past claims. It could be anywhere. There's a few people that are listed and there's also a few groups that are listed. So check out the article for more on that. Uh, next, let's look at some government that's getting involved in cryptocurrency here. So, Colombia, Colombia has taken a pro cryptocurrency stance. Telling the cryptocurrency industry, come to Colombia and we'll waive your taxes. So President of Colombia Ivan Duque surprised the crowd with what may be the boldest offer to entice cryptocurrency-based businesses to relocate to a nation so far: no taxes for five years. Here's the stipulations: bring your business to Colombia and hire some of its citizens, because we want. Here's his quote: "We want companies to be formed so that Colombia can be a great player in the sector." Many times the country's tax policy has been designed to make this type of approach an obstacle course for entrepreneurs. That is why I want us to take forward the exemption from income tax for five years for all companies that are set up for these sectors and generate a minimum number of jobs in the country. Very interesting stance there. Not so popular country also in the news in cryptocurrency again, Venezuela. So this is a claim about Venezuela's cryptocurrency, Petro. It has no users, no investors, and it truly doesn't have the oil to back it up. So the Petra stirred a lot of debate among the crypto community. Many believe it's a successful example of using the technology to create resource backed assets and bypassing financial sanctions. Others see it as a scam by a corrupt government that already inflicted economic calamities such as hyperinflation against its own citizens. A new report is likely to end this debate, but it does help shed light on what is really going on as reported by Reuters. The Reuters Agency issued a special report from Venezuela casting serious doubts about the viability of its national oil backed government coin called the Petro. So following a four-month investigation into the matter, the agency was unable to find any users, investors, or readily recoverable resources that back up the currency. Moreover, the Maduro government appears to be unable to explain where the development process stands and its efforts to promote it are in disarray. This is a perfect example. Government-issued cryptocurrencies. Sure, they may eventually come into play, but they really you're talking about a currency created by governments, which most people don't trust anyway, because of these, you know, in Venezuela's case, hyperinflation, but even in the U.S.'s case, inflation of the dollar, overprinting, misuse of funds. So, do you really think a government-issued cryptocurrency? It probably won't be on a public blockchain, which makes it, you know, about the same stance as fiat currency. the The lure of cryptocurrency is decentralized nature and separated from government control. All right, so next up, we got a couple articles about Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, Bitcoin ATMs play a special part in my, bit, in my Bitcoin and cryptocurrency investing history. As in early part of last year, one of, my, one of my first, not the first, but one of my first Bitcoin purchases was made at a Bitcoin ATM, uh, downloaded an app which was called ATM, Bitcoin ATM Radar, Showed me that there was one about 45 miles from my house. And me and a buddy rode out there with some cash to try to get some more Bitcoin before the price ran up. All right. So let's see what's in the news today. It says the global Bitcoin ATM market could be worth $145 million by 2023. Now that's five years away. Um, $145 million doesn't sound like a whole lot. Um, so not really sure if that's really a viable option. It's a lot of money to you and I, but for an industry. Like that, it's not a lot. But as cryptocurrency awareness and adoption grows, the Bitcoin ATM market is forecast to expand over 50% in a five year period. This is according to a study that was conducted by business to business research firm Markets and Markets, indicating the cryptocurrency ATM market is going to grow at a compound annual rate of 54.7% between 2018 and 2023. The value to market will rise to a figure of 144.5 million. At the moment, the number of Bitcoin ATMs in the world is 3,650, up from a figure of 3,500 that CCN reported earlier last month. On a daily basis, an average of approximately four Bitcoin ATMs are installed according to cryptocurrency ATM tracking website ATM Radar, which is also, that's the app that I used when I first made my purchase. It's estimated the cryptocurrency ATM market was worth 6.8 million last year, but has then grown to a figure of 16.3 million. So that is substantial growth, but still, Not a big dip in the bucket of the crypto space, but with that being said, it's still early so we could see what could happen. So as we just mentioned at the moment, there's 3,650 Bitcoin ATMs right now, minus 22. Yes, minus 22. Because meanwhile in Russia, Russian police have seized 22 Bitcoin ATMs in a countrywide crackdown. So could the abrupt and unannounced seizure of 22 Bitcoin ATMs spread across nine russian cities signal the start of a crackdown of crypto commerce? We don't know. Is this an illegal search and seizure of Bitcoin ATMs? Uh, at the moment, it looks to be. So up until Friday, this past Friday, BBF Pro was operating a modest Bitcoin ATM service throughout Russia. Without warning explanation, all 22 ATMs by BBF Pro were confiscated with any prior notice or warning. So when asked about the seizure, BBF Pro CEO Artem Bederev told local media that the order came from Russia's prosecutor general's office. BBF Pro even stated there is no ban on the purchase of cryptocurrency in the current legislation. The company actually complies with all procedures established by law. It pays taxes and even identifies users despite the absence of such mandatory requirements. So what's going on here? I guess we'll see more to come on that. The biggest thing is BBF Pro is looking like they could be without those Bitcoin ATMs for up to six months while the Russian government investigates. So it seems like government's overreaching control, which is another reason why you want to get involved in cryptocurrency. All right, Apple's back in the crypto news. Apple has ordered Coinbase to remove its crypto game, War Riders, from the Coinbase wallet app for iOS. The game supposedly was removed for violating the terms of Apple's in-app purchases. So does it have anything with being a cryptocurrency app? Don't really know. They're stating it's because of Apple's in-app purchases. You know, Apple's kind of greedy. They want to make sure they're getting every dollar they can, which is why if you want to make a purchase, you don't do it in the app. You have to do it through the app store. All right, so the game still remains on the Android platform, however. So War Riders, give you a little background. It's a post-apocalyptic game which allows users to collect vehicles which are represented as crypto collectibles, which are non-fungible tokens on the blockchain. As we mentioned before, one of the most popular non-fungible uh, crypto tokens has been CryptoKitties, which is built on Ethereum blockchain. Uh, so the vehicles can either be driven around or stored in a garage where they can be converted to the app's native token, BNZ. Uh, just you know, part of what Coinbase is doing to help make cryptocurrency mainstream. All right, last bit of news we're gonna talk about today. So the fight over masternodes. So there is a fight going on on Twitter. Uh, Not an actual fight, but masternodes are defined as computers on a network staked with tokens that perform additional work besides just helping run the software that governs a given cryptocurrency. Uh, So that is what masternodes are. Many people look at masternodes as a way to earn passive income depending on the cryptocurrency, you have to hold a certain amount of tokens in the wallet, run the software, and in, in exchange, you get rewarded tokens for it. So the fight that's going on on Twitter that I mentioned about is actually called hashtag MasterNodeMeBro18. It's a tournament which tests which projects can best rally their community. It started back on July 3rd, and it's going to run through October 28th. So they started with 64 coins that use MasterNodes. And the tournament just finished its third round where 16 tokens paired off against each other. So the round had a total of 11,416 votes. Looking at the hashtag on Twitter shows that a lot of the projects are working to turn out their followers to support the token. The masternode approach allows participants in the network to earn income that's above and beyond token appreciation. Passive income is what led Cowell to not only become interested in masternodes. Cowell is the the guy who started the hashtag masternode me bro contest. Um, But it's to organize, you know, Organize a tournament. So the idea originated with Dash. That's where Masternode started, formerly known as DartCon, which needed Masternodes in order to help run its privacy-enhancing features by staking some tokens and making computer available to the network. Users with a long view of Dash earn an income on their stake in the form of fresh tokens. To participate in Masternode, then a user will need to make an upfront investment in coins and in equipment. Masternodes.online is a website that makes it easy to see what the upfront costs and returns are for different masternode projects. Usually masternodes have very high rewards, 100% per year is not unusual in their native token in order to make up for their market volatility. Think about it. If you were holding a cryptocurrency for a masternode that maybe you earn, say, 10% a year, but over that year you may have saw that cryptocurrency lose 90% of its value, was it really worth to hold that masternode? Absolutely not. So that is why many masternodes offer high rewards. High risk, high rewards. So that's what we're looking at. All right, let's jump off into our crypto education corner. So let's look at some Crypto 101. And Crypto 101 today, we're going to look at the basics for what we call noobs. Now, this is not an official cryptocurrency term, but it's thrown on a lot on social media. Uh, noob, short for newbie, sharp for which stands for new people in the space just learning cryptocurrency. There's so many new people coming into cryptocurrency we've got to educate people on what they need to look at and what's some common mindsets to have good tips getting in you know getting into the crypto market so entering the market first thing don't enter the market until you're ready uh, take the time to make sure you understand what a, what the cryptocurrency is what a blockchain is what it's all for um, how do the different. Technologies work. And then you've got CoinMarketCap and coincheckup.com where you can do a lot of research on that, which leads me to the next next step, which is D Y O R stands for Do Your Own Research. If you see that floating around social media as well, that acronym stands for Do Your Own Research. So ask asking others online what to buy and what price is not good enough for you. Googling what's the best crypto to invest in is not the best way to do it either. Know what you're buying, believe in what it will bring. Ahead is a big part of it, and it, it really depends on your strategy, which I'm gonna get to that in a couple of bullet points. But right now, really just look at those sites, CoinCheckup.com, Coin, you know, Coin Market Cap, also also CryptoMiso.com, all very important websites that can help you learn more about the cryptocurrency, what it stands for, what the technology is, and what you're actually investing in. Uh, next up, so your strategy, I mentioned that before. Strategy, we must find your own strategy. Now, that depends on what you're going to buy. I had somebody ask me the other day about a certain cryptocurrency, which I think honestly is a joke, but there's money to be made on that cryptocurrency if your strategy is short-term. If you don't want to buy and trade and have to keep up with the market and you just want to invest and hold for the long term, some of these cryptocurrencies are not for you because they don't have viable products. Yeah, they may perform great in the short term, but in the long term you're going to lose a big portion of your money whereas the product projects with functioning products may not perform that great in the beginning, but as this market matures you're going to see that take off. So know what your strategy is. Are you going to buy? Are you going to day trade? Because that's going to depend on what kind of research and what kind of education you need to get. Are you just going to swing trade, maybe just buy, you know, buy the big trends, buy when the daily trend is is going down and then sell it when the daily trend is going up to where you maybe maybe make a trade once every few weeks or every few days, or maybe even every few months, depending on what the market's doing or if you're buying for a long-term hold. So without proper research, you're not going to figure out what to do with that strategy. So make sure you create a strategy that suits your own needs matches up with what you plan to do and stick with that. Next one is don't react to FUD. So what is FUD? We mentioned that in the past. It's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, FUD's a tool used by those that like to take advantage of the media and people that panic. And it's very easy to buy into and react to something irresponsibly. So don't, don't listen to FUD. You know, a lot of times you'll see it, it'll, you know, we'll see a market react and it's usually temporary, but don't let fear, uncertainty, and doubt, Drive your decisions on what to invest in. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, the next bullet point we're going to look at is what's called FOMO, which is, stands for fear of missing out. So don't give in to FOMO either. saw that recently, right? Dogecoin, which is actually the cryptocurrency I was talking about, that's kind of a joke. It actually started as a joke meme. doesn't really have a real development crew, but there's some news that's been going on that's been driving it up. We saw Dogecoin jump over 60% in, in the last week. But what happened today? Today we saw Dogecoin drop 35% because people were buying on FOMO. They're buying at the top of that peak. And that's what happened. That's what happened in December when a lot of people bought at the very peak of cryptocurrency. And now they're still sitting underwater in those investments because they didn't really have an entrance strategy. They just bought out of the fear of missing out. And now they're sitting waiting to turn a profit. So Have a plan. Make sure, you know, if you see something surging, that may not be the time to jump in. There's typically a retracement and usually that retracement is not all the way back to the original price. So wait for that dip again and then you can get in and buy. Uh, Just don't let the fear of missing out drive your decision. Last topic we're going to talk about in our crypto 101 is security. And I've mentioned this numerous times before, but you are your own bank. So that comes with great responsibility. You got to take advantage of every security precaution you can because once it's gone, it's gone. There's no, you know, there's no entity that you can hit up and say, hey, uh, I was hacked. Can you replace my funds? You are your own bank. So with no regulation, we've got to keep our crypto safe. Take the time to search security and find out what's valuable advice. I've mentioned crypto wallets. Uh, Two-factor authentication is key. Also never store any, whenever you create many of these crypto wallets, they give you a backup security key. Never store those security keys on your computer, in a digital source, in your email, or anything like that. I typically store mine in a paper notebook, another sheet of paper, one that I keep, both of which I keep locked up, in a secure location. That way it cannot be hacked because that is your only access if you lose access to your account. And it's also a way that thieves, if they have access to that, can get in and hack and steal your crypto. So remember, security is key. Uh, Make sure you use strong passwords and two-factor authentication and protect your backup keys. All right. So jumping off into our next topic, this is what what I've been talking about the last few episodes. But each time I give you two different cryptocurrencies that have real working products and that have real-world use case in the top 100 so today we're going to look at two that are somewhat controversial and for many reasons but they do have a working product which would be ripple which is xrp and stellar lumens which is xlm so ripple is focused primarily on one thing fast and cheap international transactions current banking infrastructure has failed to evolve in the 21st century so it still takes around three to five days on average for an international transfer to be processed with four second transaction times and at a fraction of the cost of a wire transfer. Ripple's working product is already impacting the banking sector. However, the big knock against Ripple is that it's native token XRP is completely unnecessary in that transfer. So driving adoption of Ripple's banking solution is far easier than getting real world adoption of XRP, not to mention some other criticism of Ripple is their total Total supply of Ripple is 100 billion coins. Uh, They typically, right now, supposedly have 65 billion that are locked up, but still 35 billion is a huge amount on the market, and these are pre-mined coins as well. So uh, that's some controversy there. Whether or not it'll catch on or not, we'll see, but definitely Ripple is doing its fair share to stay relevant in the news, driving adoption of its technology, but will they also drive adoption of their token as well? That's what we'll was yet to be seen. Stellar Lumens, so the Stellar project and associated Lumens uh, token was forked from the RIPO protocol in 2014. So Stellar came to its own since then. Uh, it provides a blockchain connection service for fiat transactions between banks, payment systems and people. It's fast, reliable, and with practically no fees for the end user. So its job is to move money as efficiently as possible. Partnerships with banks and financial institutions were key to looking at the status and was able ability to actually send money using the network. Several nonprofits and commercial entities have already agreed to use Stellar as part of their financial infrastructure. So the team partnered with IBM and ClickX to facilitate cross-border transactions in the South Pacific and announced an affiliate with Keybase to streamline international transactions. Uh, Stellar also has projects being built on its network by major established entities. IBM's blockchain division is using XLM for their payment infrastructure. And Viridium Startup is working with both organizations to tokenize its carbon credits market. So also both both cryptocurrencies that have a lot of controversy with them, but they also have a lot of use case, a lot of implementation. So we'll see what happens over the long term with these two projects. All right. So that is it for our episode today. Uh, I want to thank you for listening in. As mentioned before in past episodes, all of the news that we talk about in here, is posted on our Facebook page from no crypto to no crypto. Make sure if you haven't already, give our Facebook page a like. Also, when you click follow, it'll give you the option to say follow first, see first. That'll make sure you never miss an update from our channel and you'll also be notified every time we have a new podcast episode. Uh, Also, if you want some more in-depth information about getting started in the cryptocurrency space or maybe up, up your skills a little bit, we've got a beginner's guide for cryptocurrency book for sale on Amazon. It's called From No Crypto to No Crypto, A Beginner's Guide to Cryptocurrency. It's Available in paperback and Kindle ebook. If you purchase the paperback right now, you get the Kindle ebook for free. So check that out on Amazon. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening in and we'll see you on the next episode.